everybody you are listening to listen local i am your host julian mark um we today we are going to talk about a may 10th police raid of the home of a freelance journalist uh named brian carmody uh police seized his notebooks cameras computers and investigation into the leak of a uh, report detailing jeff adachi's late uh or the late public defender jeff adachi's death um, Carmody allegedly uh, sold um, the, uh, the the police report to um, uh, news outlets for um, a reported $2,500 uh, a piece, um, but the raid may have been illegal, um, and it may have uh, broken state laws protecting journalists from these exact kinds of raids. Um, now the police department is uh, saying, and they're essentially justifying the raid, uh, by saying that he was part of a criminal conspiracy to uh, leak the document, but have not really given any further details. And uh, here with me to help uh, sort of flesh this issue out is our managing editor, Joe Eskenazi. How are you today, Joe? I'm, I'm okay, Julian. Thanks thanks, thanks for uh, bringing me on the show. Uh, you were at the press conference where Chief Bill Scott explained this latest twist, and this has gotten to be very cinematic. Uh, first, it starts off that, that uh, Jeff Adachi dies young, uh, suddenly, 
in unfortunate circumstances uh, due to, um, uh, you know, congenital heart uh, disease and uh, drugs and alcohol. And he dies, you know, in uh, a house that's not his with a woman that's not his wife. And it's, and, you know, it's, it's, it's cinematic. And then shortly thereafter, you know, people in, in journalism, such as myself and others, get calls, you know, making insinuations, many of which have not been proven out, some of which were false, uh, regarding his death, regarding drug use, and regarding, you know, in other things that have not been proven. Uh, and then the police report with photographs suddenly hits the internet. Now, anyone who's ever tried to get a police report, especially for an active investigation, especially for an active investigation of, uh, uh, of a suspicious death of a, of a public figure, they don't just hand those out like party favors. Uh, this was right, leaked, right, right, and it was yeah. leaked improperly and even illegally. And um, Brian Carmody somehow got a hold of this report and was selling it around. He was peddling it, you know. Uh, you, Which, we yeah, we, go, we go can ahead. argue whether or not that's journalism uh -huh, or not, yeah, but it, yeah. it, it does actually... It seems to be protected pretty clearly under state law, which says that the products of your news gathering are protected. Now, he could have thrown it out of the Goodyear blimp. He could have lit it on fire. He could have made it into a quilt. That's secondary. It was the act of news gathering. The revelation from Chief Bill Scott's Tuesday press conference was that he claimed, essentially, he was trying to invalidate this news gathering claim, that there was a conspiracy to get this report, A, to sell it for money, and B, to, to for financial gain, and B, to uh, sully the reputation of Jeff Adachi, who was despised by a uh, large portion of the SFPD because he was a police watchdog and antagonized them. And also, uh, allegedly, Mr. Carmody um, didn't like Jeff either. And he said that, you know, he crossed the line in doing yeah. so. This he was... crossed the line was the term that Bill Scott used right. again and uh -huh. again. This is problematic because there seemed to be, um, you know, Chief Scott came off as earnest, uh, and he came off as apol not apologetic, but he certainly admitted that things could have been done better. But he also uh, demonstrated uh, really a, a lack of a firm grasp on what the S.H.I.E.L.D. law protects and what it doesn't. Uh, he uh, made some statements about uh, you know how to obtain a warrant via probable cause that were factually incorrect, which is a hell of a thing for a police chief to do. Uh, and in general... Uh, it didn't give a whole lot of confidence with the procedure here. Uh, when he's talking about a conspiracy to disseminate this police report, cop reporters ask police for things all the time. Can I have the report? You know, oh, well, why don't you ask such and such for it? In order for him to be part of a criminal conspiracy, he would have to have materially assisted in the theft of a police report. And that would have to be something like, you need to go get it from this guy. It's sitting in a, in a, in a photocopy machine. You need to go log in. You know, like like with Julian Assange, here's I'm going to try and crack the password for you. That kind of thing, where you cross the line from being a journalist to be an active participant in a theft and and you know uh, an action. Now, now this these things, I mean, kind of as you're explaining them, they, they, it seems a bit unlikely that Carmody did this, and it kind of begs the question of whether or not the police have put on this show. Uh, and are saying, are kind of trying to ensnare him in this narrative of him being a co-conspirator to perhaps cover their tracks, uh, you know, for potentially, uh, cr you know, themselves crossing the line and breaking the state shield law. I don't know about that. I think that there's been a lot of bad decisions that are kind of crashing into each other like a, like, like a wreck on I-5 in the fog more than like anything orchestrated. Uh, first of all, I think that the, the takeaway that we were meant to get from Chief Scott's press conference was, no, 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 we didn't raid him just to get his sources. We raided him because we thought he was an active participant in this crime. And then the takeaway from that 
is all of the journalists hand-wringing about how now they can kick down Julian Mark's door or Joe Eskenazi's door or, or anyone's door just to get your sources and therefore put a chilling effect on the act of journalism. No, that's, that's not accurate because it, we're not going after any journalist to get his sources. We're going after a specific alleged bad actor. That's still not very comforting for me because I don't have confidence in the thought process. I don't have confidence in the process. And, and this was all done in secrecy as warrants are. Uh, so I don't know what, none of us know how this was justified. They got two judges to sign off on it, but it's not clear that judges understand the law either. And it's not clear what they were told. Again, and this is what the point I've made several times in writing, if they had tried to subpoena his materials rather than going in with a warrant and forcibly taking it, then that would have been an argument in court. It would have been something where we, everyone would have shown their hand and if and and you if you have a good hand, you should be willing to show it. And a judge would then be able to say, "We need the this thing, this thing, this thing, and this thing," instead of an, an entire dragnet of uh, of possessions in his home. Yeah, I mean, who knows what ancillary things they'll find? Right. You right. know, um, that's that's what uh, D. A. Gascon was talking about when he complained that they should have had a quote unquote special master. These are these are arcane terms that not everyone knows, but essentially you'd have someone there who would be making sure that everything that you find and and, and use in your investigation is germane, you know, very much to what you were looking for. You know, if you're looking through a journalist's notebooks, you might find unusual things, and you might find the names of confidential sources for other stories. And so, like, there's, there's a great deal of damage that has been done here. Now, I, I certainly think that there's a lot of room for criticism of Brian Carmody's uh, methods, his uh, personality, his interactions with uh, with people in the city, etc. But the SFPD have taken a very extraordinary step. They've certainly uh, ostensibly ruined his livelihood here. Uh, all of his sources are going to be very careful talking to him now because who knows uh, if they'll be compromised by someone kicking in the door again. Well, let, let, let's just stick on this. I mean, who is Brian Carmody? I mean, what what is you know what does he do, and and you know what how exactly does he fit into the you know the journalism world? Well, I mean, that's. That's ancillary as well, but Brian Carmody is a freelance cameraman. He, you know, is is always, you know, watching the skies for something uh, newsworthy, you know, um, fires and, and, and police incidents and emergencies. Uh, he, he um, his film of the San Bruno explosion of fire uh, went worldwide. He was the only one to get inside when uh, Tatiana the Tiger killed the child at the zoo in 2007. That's what he does. Uh, he is known to be very cop-adjacent friendly with the cops. It's good to know the cops. You know, you get tips, you know, uh, give yeah. a penny, take a penny. Right. And right. Uh, and that that helps. That he's Johnny on the spot. He's he's good at what he does apparently, right? You know, I wouldn't say that this is this is not the lord's work, but it's not for me to judge. You know, the the rules of what journalism is and what it isn't are very broad just so that we don't get into these kind of nitpicking contests. And a lot of the qualms I have are ethical qualms as opposed to legal qualms. Legally, I'm still very confused at the police rationale. Now, you know, what I, I'm trying to understand is that, you know, this is uh, that the police move was ostensibly to sort of put them on better footing uh, for the raid. Right. Um, I mean, the 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 announcement on Tuesday was to, you know, say instead of us going, to, you know, trying to find our leaker. Uh, and we're going to break down, you know, the home of a journalist to find his source. We're saying that now, you know, we can justify our raid by, by you know, bringing him, you know, he is, you know, in fact, also a target here. Yeah, that was what they wanted you to right. know. They wanted you to know that they weren't, we're not so incompetent. We can't, it's not that we're so incompetent, we can't control our own employees. So we have to go start raiding people that are not our employees to figure out who our, our employees leak to. 
it wasn't that. They wanted you to know this guy specifically where we wanted to get his stuff because he was a bad actor. That's their claim. So now from a damage control sort of point of view, I mean, does this, I mean, does the announcement put the police in a better place or a worse place, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, their image, their the media, um, how they've sort of fumbled this thing at every turn? Not better. Yeah, okay. I don't think it was a very successful press conference. Chief Scott seemed ill-prepared. Right, um, yeah. You know, his answers were not succinct or, yeah. or, or even coherent. He was, he, I mean, his voice was wavering at points, and he was, you know, at times he looked ki- kind of sullen. He didn't really know whether what questions to answer and what questions to not answer to reporters, mm-hmm. who were all fairly rabid at the uh, at the press conference. And there's, you know, there's all <clears> kinds <throat> of, you know, we can have a post-game show when this is all over and, and, and hand out the three stars. And, you know, I don't think that the press has really uh, acquitted itself perfectly uh, from beginning to end here. But suffice to say that, you know, for Chief Scott and whomever else was advising him on this not to anticipate exactly this happening was a huge oversight. You know, it was, it, this is really a kicking of the hornet's nest. And when you kick the hornet's nest, you must anticipate you are going to be swarmed by angry hornets. Right. And that has happened. And, you know, that's happened for a reason. I don't know that there's as much interest in this among the public as there is among the press. And that's unfortunate. And I think that in our self-righteousness and our anger, uh, we're forgetting to explain why this is important. Because Brian Carmody is a polarizing guy, and a lot of people would see his door getting kicked down and say, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. And, you know, and then leave it at that. You know, um, the problem here is that when uh, police raid journalists, you have a chilling effect on, on journalism writ large. You know, your confidential sources will be uh, less willing to talk to you if they're thinking that they can be compromised by police stealing your materials right, right. or 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 passively stealing your materials as the navy has been um uh was was caught sending um, electronic surveillance devices to the navy media you know uh, organizations mm. uh these are things that make people uh less willing to divulge information now there's been some confusion about what you can and cannot do it might be illegal for someone to leak a report it's not illegal for me to obtain it as right, a journalist. Right, it's kind of right. the reverse of the New Orleans drinking laws. It's legal for them to sell it to a child. It's illegal for a child to buy it. Right. That puts the onus on the child. This is the reverse of this. Uh-huh. It's legal for me to get it. It's illegal for them to give it. I so, have. you know, once I have it, I can kind of do what I want with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most journalists, the act of selling it as if it was a hot watch, as if it was, you know, um, you know, uh, a Netflix code or something like that, is certainly, I think it's devoid ethically. I don't think it's journalism. But again, like I said, the the what the acts of protected news gathering are broad for for a reason. And something I put in the column that ran yesterday is that you know, and I tried not to get too arcane on this, but there the laws protecting journalists are very simple and very absolute. If you want to kick down the door of a priest or a lawyer or or make like a Watergate burglar and take someone's medical records. There are all kinds of carve-outs. It gets very complicated what you can and cannot do. With journalists, there's a very, it's very simple. You just really can't do it. You're not, you know, you're not allowed to take, you're not, you're not, a journalist cannot be held in contempt for refusing to, um, uh, dissem- you know, to, to divulge his or her uh, news-gathered material. And then the adjunct uh, statute says, and you can't get a warrant for it. Now, in this kind of, I mean, this now, uh, I mean, leads to uh, there will be a uh, a hearing um, in the future. Um, I think next, uh, early next month, that will um, the First Amendment Coalition has sued to um, get uh, a copy of the police's application, so they know exactly what you know how the police. Um, 
uh, sort of sold this to the two judges who, who signed off on it. And whether or not the police um, maybe sort of skirted the fact that this guy was, was in fact, a, 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 you know, a, uh, considered a journalist under the Shields law. We can only read between the lines based upon the things that Chief Scott said. He saw fit to mention at his press conference that Carmody is a freelancer and he's not employed by the places that obtain the report, but that's irrelevant. Freelancers right, are covered right, by, right. you know, I mean, freelancers are covered right. by the Shield Law. This is this is established fact, you know. Uh, and they, you know, I think if he, they they did, they, they went out of a, they made a bigger mess, you know, they, they certainly, they tried to respond to all of the people for the establishment press saying, why didn't you raid my house? You went after this little guy. And they, 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 they were able to say, no, no, it's, it's, it's him. It's not the, it's not the report. It's not the leaking. It was him. He was part of it. That's their claim, right? You know, no one is claiming that the Chronicle or the Examiner or anybody like that was part of a criminal conspiracy. There, there, there is the claim with this guy and, and that will have to be borne out. They've, they've given themselves a very high burden of proof. Right. You know, what, what, what warrants a criminal conspiracy is not just, a, hey, can I have the report? You're going to have to prove this, you know, and it's, 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 it's a pretty high burden. And then also you're going to have to prove that, that, that this invalidates the shield law, which is very absolute. And all of this, again, would be totally unnecessary if you had had a subpoena and argued this out in court. And if he had indeed done something untoward or even illegal in obtaining this report, that would have come out. And then you would have had his attempt to evade the, sh- the subpoena would have been unsuccessful and he would have to give over the materials or go to jail. That's how it should have been done. All of the shield laws in California, all of the shield law and its adjuncts in California are really meant to nudge you into getting a subpoena. Yeah. And that didn't happen. Right. And, you know, I've asked, you know, um, why didn't that happen? And I just think the police felt it was beneath them, you know, and that, <laughs> that gets to the line legal and appropriate, you know. They, we can argue, you know, what the police did, they didn't go, they didn't take it upon themselves to go into this guy's house. You know, I've seen TV, you need some papers, right? They had the papers, they got judges to sign it. But was it appropriate? Of course it wasn't. Yeah. And, and it was counterproductive. Are we closer to getting to, to the bottom of this situation now? No. You know, has this helped? So uh, this has turned into, you know, something of a, you know, a national outcry among among national news outlets. We, you know, we're seeing, you know, pretty much everybody, um, you know, in 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 the country uh, writing about this and uh, pointing their and a lot of bad takes, by the way. You, you don't judge the liberalism of, of, a, of a municipality by the actions of its police. Right, right. You know, were, were the police being liberal when they blasted Mario Woods? Were the police being liberal when they shot Luis Gongora? Were the police being liberal when they shot Alex Nieto? You know, was the state being liberal when none of those people were prosecuted because California has the most protective police laws you can imagine that allow them to act with impunity? How liberal is that? You know, I mean, like, it seems a little bit self-righteous, uh, blindly self-righteous for journalists to get up in arms about this. Certainly, it's it's not good, but we have to look at this in the context of everything else. Well, but uh, but you know, it, it is it is helpful. I think it is helpful for you know the you know the national media to be to be unloading on this. And to... it is helpful, but their takes have been very tone deaf, as they often are with regards to San Francisco things. I think you know it's it's worthwhile getting politicians to sh- to, to to weigh in on this, but it's almost it's almost a bit sickening. How politicians feel about this shouldn't matter. The law is the law, and the law seems to be pretty clearly have been broken, and the onus is now upon the police who asked for this and the judges who said yes. Well, That's that, where I think we should really be focusing. Well, of course, you know, but, you know, I would I would sort of come back at that, you know, by saying, you know, the law is the law, but the law is, you know, sometimes is more potent with political with political uh, political pressure, no? It is, but but the job of the police isn't 
isn't to appease or please our elected officials either. Right. So that our elected officials are slowly being cajoled into being against this does serve a purpose. But on the other hand, the police, I, I believe that what they did was in was partly in response to political pressure as well. Uh, back in April, uh, the SFPD was called out on the carpet for right, this leak, which they apologized. They apologized to Jeff Adachi's surviving mm-hmm. family, etc. And, you know... This response was so over the top and so heavy-handed, it almost as if the rationale was, you want us to make progress? Here's your progress. You like that? Yeah, yeah. You like that? You want another? You yeah. like that? Yeah, you know? Right. And I really do feel like, to an extent, that may have been, uh, I don't think that they would put that in writing so much, but I think that that might have been part of the motivation was, you want, you want, you want progress? Here you go. How do you like that? Well, then wouldn't mm. it put, you know, but then wouldn't it put kind of um, a responsibility on uh, on public officials who held the police to account to respond to, you know, exactly what they did? I think it does. But on the other hand, I think that, you know, uh, a kind of a, the media holding a stopwatch and saying it took you this long to respond <laughs> is, is, is a little bit counterproductive because this, these laws are confusing to an extent. Uh, even I didn't realize quite how how broadly we are protected as journalists. Right. I've always, uh, you know, gone about my business uh, expecting that police could compel these things away from me if I wasn't careful. And it turns out that that's not really true. And also, uh, on top of that, you're put in an ethically difficult position because what Brian Carmody was doing is difficult to qualify as journalism. So it takes it takes a fair amount of... of uh, investigation to realize like oh actually that does qualify uh, that is protected because it was news gathering what he did with it is less important than how he got it etc and there's you know it's not as simple to understand like in the end i'm not saying that people should shouldn't come to these conclusions but it's difficult to make a snap judgment on this because because there this is not a the police did not go into church and drag out somebody um you know in in the midst of worship and do something that was that was comically um clear cut Though I think that, you know, you know, the national medias uh, and, you know, perhaps, you know, the larger, you know, local medias, uh, you know, takes or more so the national medias takes that, you know, this is happening in liberal San Francisco is that, you know, California is seen as this uh, as this sort of stronghold uh, in, you know, the nation, you know, against sort of Trump nation and, you know, ha- you know, having it, you know, sort of happening in the beating heart of 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 the of this uh, fortress you know, is, you know, can, you know, is, does sort of stand out, no? It's, it's kind of a superficial story. I mean, again, like you could say in the, in the beating heart of this liberal country, you know, um, these police shot people with impunity. In the beating heart of this liberal country, you know, uh, there's been corrupt pol- political work, you know, it, 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 it strikes me as being, you know, uh, a bit reductive. Uh, I think it's, you don't need to, comparing things to Trump is, 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 it's almost the way that people with bad vocabulary say funky. You know, it's 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 uh, it's not. There's plenty bad here without without bringing in this superficial element. Well, uh, you know, but I mean, it does have a superficial element. It is lazy to you know to blame Trump or to bring Trump to the conversation. But when we're I, talking and, about, and I don't think that this Dane for the you know, I don't think that this action was spurred by like you know people through osmosis you know disliking the media because of Trump. I don't. I think that's that's baloney as well. Uh, I think that you know, there's always been an adversarial relationship between. Um, various elements in the city i don't think that the media is well liked by the cops who feel like they're doing a thankless job and are doing the best they can do etc and then you only write about when they do something bad which is true but there's plenty to write about isn't there 
I mean, there is plenty to write about. Uh, the cops are actually doing, you know, not so bad of a job to, tur- you know, to turn things around. It's not been great, but it, I mean, it's been, you know, it's definitely been slow, incremental, and they, they I mean, are there's, trying there's to plenty. modernize this department. There's, but there's, things like this, yeah. you know, sort of screw it up. Yeah, this is, I mean, I could understand a siege mentality. On the other hand, you know, it's at some point it's like, I you have to report on the news and these, but we've gotten a bit astray here. I think, I think a lot of the coverage has been superficial. And I think that, you know, um, what we're going to have to look at is, you know, how was this legal and how, what was the decision-making process here? And I think the thought of, well, let's raid a journalist's house is it should be a non-starter. You know, there are so many things you just don't do. And if you do it, it's like, you better be prepared to explain this to a T. And that did not happen at that press conference. That press conference was not neat and and, and and we didn't walk away thinking, oh, it's made sense. Now, Bill Scott comes off as a sincere guy, you know, um, insofar as I can tell, he's honest, you know, I, I, but he was, he did not seem well prepared. He did not seem to have a great grasp of the material. Yeah, no, it, it seemed, it seemed pretty rushed. And it may have been in response to all of the sort of flurry that was happening at 850, uh, 850 yeah, the, Bryant. That same uh, day was, yeah, that was, same was, day. was the day in court for, you know, um, asking many of the questions we've asked today. Yeah. And that's going to drag out. Um, in the five minutes we've got, you know, let's bag on the cops a little more. <laughs> um, so you wrote a very good and very thorough story about how uh, a year ago, uh, was it a dozen sexual assault victims testified before the Board of Supervisors and said that they felt belittled and uh, given uh, little respect uh, by the San Francisco Police Department. And the San Francisco Police Department said, We're, we'll improve. And as you've written, uh, that's uh, an open question as to whether they have. It really is. I don't think um, much has changed. Um, it was. It would have been nice for the San Francisco Police Department to actually say, um, uh, say how uh, they were trying to change. They didn't respond to questions about that. But more importantly, they didn't respond to questions about uh, them. You know, one of their officers not collecting evidence in one recent case. And so how this story sort of kicked off for me was that a uh, rape survivor uh, named Kelly O'Connor. Uh, reached out to me with her story that she had been um, um, uh, raped by a random uh, person um, on a, on a dark street uh, in the uh, in the mission district and um, when she uh, went to the police for help uh, when she told them that uh, there was potential direct evidence via video cameras at a local bar in a laundromat mm-hmm. um, that uh, even though she told police that uh, the SVU investigators um, whom this evidence should be extremely valuable for um, uh, did not collect that evidence. And they were told, you've got five days, otherwise those cameras, you know, erase themselves. Right, exactly. And you, and, and I think it's worth you mentioning the fellow's excuse, uh, or at least his alleged excuse, when, when asked, why didn't you do it? Well, um, you know, both Kelly and her friend, um, you know, were in the uh, interview room, and the guy basically said, it was my Friday. My weekend was beginning, and uh, I just didn't have time. Yeah, that was. That was yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it's. Sorry it's, about the whole rape thing, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's it really Friday. it's really a. I mean, it's really shocking, and uh, it's you know it's, it's for somebody to uh, have that happen to her, especially in the brutal manner in which that happened. Um, you know, to hear that the cops are not trying their hardest um, to uh, to track uh, the perpetrator down, uh, I think is um, in some cases. Um, just worse than, um, it, worse, I mean, you know, some say that the other interactions with the police have been worse than, than the actual act itself. 
Well, that's a loaded statement, and I'll leave it to them to say that. That's um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, suffice to say, and I suggest you go to missionlocal.com, and we've got Julian's stories, easy to find. We we have these things under the tab covering the police, so you can go find those. And there's also housing, and there's also there's also happy stories too. And we've got a really nice cooking column that's up. So if you want like a respite from this negative news, uh, but yeah, I recommend you go uh, and read about this. And it was you know um, Julian spent a lot of time and uh, battening down the hatches on this, and I really wish that the police had addressed this because I do think they owe it to the community uh to explain how they're handling this and um something that i thought was very enlightening in julian's story is that you know uh, people who do this professionally though though not for sf uh mentioned that you do have an inquisitorial mindset when you're when you're a police officer and so when when people are are vulnerable and wavering and in in in, uh, in recounting uh these traumatic experiences your your instinct is to pounce you know, it's like a dog on the hunt, mm-hmm. and and to the people who are giving you their stories, this can, this can really be um, uh, an unpleasant experience. You feel like you're being uh, put on trial, right? Uh, right. And, and and but it goes beyond that, uh, well beyond that. It's not just the way people feel. Uh, there's some really uh, you know adversarial and aggressive behavior that's documented in this story, and it, it doesn't seem to me to be uh, conducive to to. Uh, obtaining justice if it is um if the goal is uh, subtly to uh, put people off and keep them from filing charges and therefore you don't have to statistically uh, mention that you've got another one you didn't solve then then maybe it's that yeah maybe maybe not um but uh you know in any in any case this uh this this uh particular area of of, of police work in san Fran- 